listen to Brennan and Heather's podcast where we talk about the strange, fascinating, and just plain creepy things that the world has to offer. What's our podcast called? Drunk French Flash. Hey. 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 Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> That's okay. That was good. All right. Hi, this is Brennan. And Heather. And this is the, the Drunk, Drunk Brunch Bunch. How are you today, Heather? I'm good. I just drove my cats three hours, three cats, three hours in a car, and they ran around. One pooped in a bag. I picked up the bag. Poop is on me. Poop is on me. <laughs> no you know those particles. Did you take a shower? Because those particles are still probably there. Oh my god. You did? No. There's poo-poo on your shirt right now, on your skin right now, and you can't even tell if corona has taught me one thing. I definitely washed the shit out of my arm. That's good. That's good. Okay. There's probably no poopy on you then. I hope not. I don't know. I work with children, so I feel like I have poop on me at all times. Mm. <laughs> it's no fun. How are you um, I'm good. So we had some like random drama over here in Casa de la Renta. I don't know. That's not the name of our casa. Um, Casa de la Bryler. Um, so, <laughs> um, so many people may or may not know this, but we're very adventurous in things. Okay. And a few years ago, we, we did a group thing. And one of the members of the group thing later was pregnant, but not from that week. Right. So last week, so that member, she has this on again, off again, boyfriend ish type thing. He's just, he's an interesting person. He wanted to be part of the group thing. We were like, no, cause we don't know you. you we don't know what you carry. Hey, Christian. What is up? Hey, do you want to say hi on our podcast? I do. This is Christian. He's Tyler's friend. Hi, I'm Tyler. That's Tyler. <laughs> this is what my voice sounds like. That's, that's the that's person new, I care about perfect, most. Right? So, we're having fun. There's four of us. Okay. Um, I'm going to give them code names. I'm Brennan. He's Tyler. <laughs> There's Max and Susan. Great. And Evan is the person who wants to join because he apparently thinks I'm just like really hot, which is flattering. But, you know, we're not comfortable adding someone we don't know into the mix of people we do know. Okay. Um, and it's, it's fine. It's fun. It's great. We have a good time. We leave. And she gets pregnant months later and is like, I'm pregnant. Now, Evan is on again, off again with Susan, like all the time. And also, oh my gosh, Max is also on again, off again with Susan. We did that one time, right? And there was no, you know completion on Tyler's part. <laughs> so, so the chances are very slim, but, um, so he gets a message today from Evan, like, by the way, I know about your foursome when the, my son was conceived. So be ready for, uh, a court summons. And I'm like, first of all, Evan, <laughs> you, sir, cannot summon someone to court for the child that's not yours so susan is like y'all don't worry about it i'm getting a dna test he's almost 100 percent the father mm -hmm. and if it's not him it's 100 percent max it's 100 percent not tyler so that was the drama but here's the more drama literally last week evan hit me up on instagram and was like i think you're really cute and I was like, thank y'all. Because, you know, that's what you say to people on Instagram when they say they think you're really cute. When they slide into your DMs, you either ignore them or you're like, thank you. 
And then he was like, we should hook up. And or he didn't say hook up. He said, we should hang out in Galveston sometime. And I was like, mm, I am with someone, unfortunately, but thank you for the offer. Uh-huh. And he was like, mm, of course. And then like a week later, he messages Tyler with this crazy claim, right? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. So has she taken, does she have a DNA test yet? We just, I think they're having a fight currently about the situation because he just got a message from him today. That is wild. Yeah. I just thought that was an interesting anecdote. And if like he is the father, I'm going to be beating myself up over talking about it. So casually, obviously, if you um, impregnate someone, you should help out because it's a two-way street. Like they can't get pregnant without you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but I'm almost a hundred percent sure that it's not. That is wild, 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 wild stuff. I thought you'd like that. That was a nice break from my like normal day. So <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> I enjoyed, I, I mean, I don't enjoy it because who knows, but if all goes the way that I think it will, I really enjoyed that little like break from my reality because <laughs> woof. Um, another fun anecdote is Megan. Okay. Um, her current beau mm-hmm. made this like really sweet storybook thing on Facebook, and it was like a little story of their relationship so far, and it was really really cute. And there was one page that said, "I like the way." your butt looks in these jeans and Tyler like liked it and then said ditto and then he commented question mark question mark question mark shruggy shoulders and then Tyler liked his comment instead of just being like I mean who wouldn't or whatever and so he messages him and is like hey pussy and then he's like don't you ever he says all these things and it's like very threatening. Tyler said he didn't read the whole thing, but then he messaged Megan and was like, this is what happened. And she was like, oh my gosh, I've never even known him to be violent. Like, this is ridiculous. And he was like, I never meant any disrespect by what I said. I was just trying to be funny and give you some praise for being a badass woman. <laughs> like, Yeah. Isn't that crazy? He got two, like, message requests in the last two weeks about, like, some crazy shit. That is wild. Every time I get a message request, it's, like, someone who's, like, here's my penis. And I'm, like, oh, God. That does not happen to me. I'll send you my penis from a random account, okay? Thank you. I appreciate that. I will. I mean, you should know that you, like, you turn me on, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You and your penis. (laughs) Me and my penis. My penis is my beer. See the bubbles? They're for you. (laughs) I know. How sweet. Other than that, my life is crazy, but I'm here, and I'm happy to be podcasting, and I'm happy to see your face because I've missed it. Yes, I miss you. (laughs) Girl, so much to talk about. You know. Don't I know it? I'm moving. Ooh! Put an offer down on the house today. Oh my gosh. Are they, I don't know anything about buying a house. Is it an escrow or what? I don't get it either. I don't know anything about it, <laughs> but I'm doing it. <laughs> this is understand. your second house. Here's my question. Like people older than us that were our age seem to know a lot more about like financing a house, you know? Yes, I agree. But- yeah. Like, my mom has bought five houses in her life. Mm-hmm. Maybe more. And she, like, knows how to do it all. And she knows how to buy a house while you still have a house. It's... I don't know. Cuckoo bananas. I, I don't... anyone who wants to live near the loo. Let oh, yeah. Know. Shit, if I, had that mo- if I had that kind of money right now, I would be, like, in it. Because I love your house. <laughs> yeah. My house hey. is beautiful. You can't have an outdoor cat, but you can have an indoor cat. 
Can you have an outdoor possum? I guess so. They'll probably okay, so. troll on it. Oh my gosh. So yeah, no, these people are horrible about like animals living their best life. Um, I don't know. In Bear Creek? Oh my gosh, I'm triangulating my location right now. I'm going to say a different location, but you know it's Bear Creek. In Gravity Falls, where my mom lives, yeah, <laughs> she um, has a doggy door and all five of the cats, well, now they have three cats because we took our two, but all five cats go in and out and there's all kinds of cats outside. There's one cat we own that is just a bully and like beats up on cats all the time. <laughs> Yeah. And he like gets into fights and then he comes home and he's like, where's my meow mix? <laughs> and it's fine. Nobody reports the cats here. We report if a cat gets hit by a car because we know that that's probably someone's pet. But like, we're not like, why are these cats outside? It's because they're fucking cats. Let me tell you what happened. So my neighbor's dog chased my cat into their house. Um, they're running around. They were able to lock their dog up, and they were too scared to touch my cat. Okay. The cat that they chased is Bates. He's never bit anyone, never scratched anyone. He's just a big crybaby of a child cat. Okay? He puts on... We share a fence with these people. They know what our pets look like. We've had a conversation about Binks before, um, because... He was asking if my black cat was the skinny one or the fat one back in March. We had a whole conversation. So he puts on the thing, puts a picture of our cat for a whole neighborhood to see, um, then says, I'm about to take this cat to the pound. He has a fucking collar on um, that has my name on it. And um, then our entire neighborhood proceeds to attack us and how we're not good pet owners because our cats lay on their driveway. And this is like the second time I've been bullied by our neighbors and it's just, it made Kyle so irate. He's like the chillest person ever. And he was like yeah. dropping the C word like it was can like candy. And I have never heard him say the C word in my yep. knowing him. I hadn't either. So it was like shocking. And I was like, oh shit. He is mad. I am mad. I was coming for my neighbors. Everyone that posted a this bitch who is our like HOA rep, she wanted to say something, be all Karen-esque. So I said, if you have a problem, message me. So she sent me a picture of my cat and was like, your cat is in my yard and then I was responding to her like you can see when people are typing and she chooses to put it also in the chat and go this lady doesn't care about our cat see it's in my yard and I like lost my damn shit on her and I don't regret any of it but now we're moving and this all happened within like five days yeah no I that I can't even imagine like I'm just shocked that, like, people would be so cruel and, like, not see someone else's side and not see that pet owners, there's different ways to love a pet. And, like, if your cat loves to go outside, like, they're going to get outside. And if yeah. you prohibit them from getting outside, they're going to get outside and they're not going to come back. So, yeah. like... I don't see any fault on you. I think they're overreacting and I think that they're in this cushy bubble of a life. Mm -hmm. Like she lives in a very small, beautiful community, but it's very small. And like there's beautiful communities throughout entire area that have outside cats and nobody seems to fucking pay mind. You check if a cat is behind your car, like, you know, everybody's car nowadays has a rear view camera. Like, oh my gosh, speaking of cats, my cat keeps playing with the blinds behind me. Um, every car has a rear view camera that like, if you see a cat in the camera, like honk your horn or something, they will run the fuck away. Like yeah. be considerate of other people and, you know, animals. I don't know. That's just so frustrating. I'm so angry for you. Thank you. 
as soon as we move out, we're going to egg the shit out of my neighborhood. So get ready. <laughs> in the yard, egg. I don't know if I can plant some seeds that will grow into disgusting ass weeds in six months. I'll do that too. I'll do whatever it takes. I'm going to look up how to secretly vandalize your neighbors because I am coming for you, you fucking Karens. I <laughs> hate everyone who lives I there. love you. Oh my gosh, I just hit the mic. I love you and you live there. So that's one person that I don't hate. Yeah, I don't hate everyone. I just hate like five people. Didn't you have like your secret ninja friend that was like, I feed the cats too. <laughs> yes, I love him. I love secret cat guy. I love my little neighbors with the little girls. Too cute. I love my neighbor two doors down. Everybody else can suck a dick. Yes. Suck a big fat dick that you're going to choke on and you're going to have to go to the doctor for throat surgery. <laughs> so, listeners, if you have any ideas on how I can fuck with my neighbors the second I leave my <laughs> house, let me know. Help Heather out. I'm going to start a Facebook fund for that. <laughs> Buy like pumpkin seeds or something. Like they have pumpkin plants. You're like, where the fuck did these pumpkins come from? Or you, like, prank them in, like, a way that's, like, secretly, like, not mean, but not nice. Like, oh, who the fuck great, like, picked my weeds and threw them on my fucking doorstep? Because you, like, pick the weeds, but then they're on the doorstep. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not good at pranks, obviously. That was horrible. (laughs) Or I should collect all the cat poop from here on out for the next six months, and then once we've been gone for a while return and leave them six months worth of cat shit right on their doorstep oh my god i just took out a big bag of cat shit i should have saved it for you i can save my cat shit too near it (laughs) everybody mail your cat shit to heather (laughs) mail it to me please I'm collecting. Oh my god, could you imagine Kyle opens like a box that's like huge and he's like, oh my gosh, what is this? And it's like cat shit. <laughs> that's the episode's name, a box of cat shit. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay, so before we get into all of the wonderful things, I have to go tinkle. Okay, I, I think you're first. I am. Okay. Um, I'll just pause our recording. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Sorry. It's all good. So what's, what's, what's your flavor this week? What are you drinking? I am drinking a black cherry lemonade truly. What are you drinking? Ooh, I'm drinking a um, yellow rose old fashioned fun Fact about Yellow Rose, my friend Shelby, she actually works here in Houston at our lovely whiskey distillery, and she does not get a discount, but (laughs) she just recently started a job there, and it's delicious. Oh, that is too cool. Mm -hmm. And um, I have a Dos Equis for later. And what is our topic that goes with our flavor? Our topic today is narcissism. Girl. I know. I've been excited for this topic. I find narcissism incredibly fascinating. Um, what about you? I find it fascinating. I feel like I myself have narcissistic tendencies, and I feel like a lot of people I know do just because of the industry I'm in. Yes. We all feel like we're so very good at what we do and it's warranted we work really hard look at my cat sorry I got so distracted (laughs) we work really hard for what we do and for our art and it's hard sometimes to take a step back and see the bigger picture because you're focusing on what you're doing and how you're perceived so I feel like definitely a lot of people I I would say 90% of the people I associate myself with are very light narcissists because I love and care for others and so do the people I love and care for but we have 
tendencies to put ourselves first. And there's nothing wrong with that unless it gets extreme, you know? Yeah. So Kyle and I have had this conversation before because Kyle thinks like you have to have some kind of narcissistic tint, a little bit of it to just be someone who goes on stage and performs in front of others Mm -hmm. and needs that kind of, I guess, artistic validation. And um, today when we talk about narcissism, we can talk about that because it's kind of interesting, you know, maybe all actors kind of are a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just going to kind of explain narcissism to viewers. Most of us kind of Most of us know what it is, but like, um, I'm going to read some signs. Maybe you're in a relationship with someone and you're like, oh shit, I had no idea. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see what, um, some kind of signs are if you're living with one or you're around one or you're friends with one because it's, it's, it's difficult. Do you, Mm -hmm. Brennan, have you ever dated a narcissist? Yes, I have. 100%. I feel like I mostly date narcissists. Yeah. So like being drawn to this personality and consistently is something, it's a pattern. So yeah. that's really interesting that you say that. Um, okay. So narcissism. A lot of people think it's like, um, it's about being selfie obsessed or, or just about like, all full of themselves, but it, it, it doesn't mean self-love. It's not like genuine in any means. It's, um, they are in love with this idealized grandiose image of themselves. They're in love with this inflated self image, um, to avoid having like any feelings of insecurity. So they, basically get these delusions of grandeur and (laughs) present it onto people so no one will see their insecurities. Um, It is a personality disorder called narcissistic personality disorder and um, it involves patterns of self-centered, arrogant thinking, behavior, lack of empathy and consideration for others, an excessive need for admiration. Um, And most of these people, you would use to describe as like cocky or manipulative or selfish, demanding. Um, and that's kind of hard when you're a friend, when you're friends with a narcissist or you're their romantic partner. Um, because it really does have to be about them. And then you kind of have to be on eggshells because you don't want to basically piss them off. Yeah. Um, So they tend to turn any blame like on someone else. So um, nothing is ever going to be their fault. Yeah. And um, if you try to criticize them at all, like, "Mm, that note was wrong or, you know, or I don't know. You look tired today. Oh, my gosh take that to like a whole nother fucking level like a rage <laughs> fucking <laughs> rage because you told someone they look tired today or they say the wrong note oh my gosh my cats are fighting um <laughs> also like just friends in general don't don't right now especially because people's masks are on don't tell anyone ever that they look tired today. <laughs> i don't know personally because I have a friend on Facebook who went on the biggest rant <laughs> about this Starbucks employee that said she looked tired today. And she was like, you don't know me. You don't know what I look like every day. This could just be my fucking face. I could be very well rested. And I was very well rested. <laughs> you can't see anything but the bags under my eyes because those bags have been here since I was 12. <laughs> This woman, she just went off. It was so funny, but it was also so true. Like, don't ever tell anyone they look tired. Unless you see them falling asleep. 
then you can say, oh, are you tired? Say, are you tired? Don't say you look tired. Oh, my Lanta. That's my note on the tired situation. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> no, you're totally right. Plus, that was probably a bad example, but <laughs> I don't want to like, I don't know. What do you tell a friend that you would just tell a friend that? No, but I do feel like the woman who went on Facebook and had a rant about you look tired today was very narcissistic in that moment. Because if someone says you look tired today, maybe for a second, I'm like, oh, I feel bad about myself for a second. But then I'm like, I'm a boss ass bitch. Let's continue. Yeah. Like everybody looks tired every now and then. And like people aren't trying to say it to make you upset. I get that going back on what I said, but like, you know, have consideration for the tired person's feelings. They might be tired, but they don't want to be reminded they're tired, you know? But to what you're saying, a narcissist would go on Facebook and fucking chat about it, you know? Yeah. I would personally just be like, oh, I am tired and I look tired. I want to look beautiful, but I look tired. I'd be sad about it for a second, but I'd be fine. So like, I have a friend that when I am reading this stuff, this person comes to mind. It's like, oh my God, this person is a friend. They are a fuck. They do have narcissistic personality disorder. And let me just say it is, it's not an equal friendship. Like you have to proceed with caution. But if you yeah. know what you're getting into, you can protect yourself. But these people are so manipulative and so they have this fantasy world, this delusion of grandeur. And you can get stuck in that, you know. Um, but then when you realize like, oh, I'm dealing with a fucking narcissist. When you have one foot out, it like will make them go crazy also. Yeah. No, I I have a similar situation with a friend. And they want to feel like they are the center of your world. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, boo, I'm the center of my world. I'm not here to be the center of your world. or I'm not here to have anyone else be the center of my world but me. And realizing that you don't need someone else to feel the same feelings. Mm-hmm. I don't, Heather, I love you so much, but I don't need to be the center of your world. Yeah. Cause you should be the center of your world and your concerns, your hardships, your successes should be the center of your world. Mm-hmm. I should just be like an extra little fun bit that is there. Mm-hmm. And we can mutually benefit from each other, but also recognize that some days we might have an off day and we might need to say, Hey, Heather, I can't hang out today. Or, Hey, Brennan, I really don't feel like recording. That turns their whole day sour Mm -hmm. because they were not the center of my universe. Mm -hmm. For everyone out there, I want to give you some signs that you're dealing with a narcissist, okay? Love it. Give us those signs. Number one, they have a grandiose sense of self-importance. So, like, it's just, it's more than arrogance or vanity. It's like, um, they feel superior and better than you. So, whatever they're doing is more important than whatever you're doing. So, they also believe they're, they're special, and they can only be understood by other special people so if you're not as special as them don't even fucking bother um they really only want to be associated with high status people places things they they actually fucking believe that they are better than others and um they expect you to like recognize that and it's true. If you know someone that's a narcissist, you're like, oh my God, light bulb. I know who this person is, you know? 
Number two, they live in a fantasy world that supports their delusions of grandeur. So, um, their world is a little distorted. They, like, have this spin on their world that's, like, they believe they can have unlimited success, power, brilliance, attractiveness. Like, they believe that that this fantasy bubble <laughs> is, they can have it. And honestly, it's a, I personally think that that's a little bit of a good thing. Here's why. <laughs> have you ever, like, okay, Trump, clearly fucking narcissist, okay? Yes, clearly. But like, he decides, I'll just be president. I'm better than all these people, then becomes president, you know, mm-hmm. or like, um, I yeah. was watching this, the shows, like, basically trial in the media. I think it's on Netflix. Um, I have seen that. I have seen that. So the it's guy, really good. Y'all should watch it. The guy that's the politician that, um, was trying to sell Obama's Senate seat. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes like narcissist but he he believed he could just do it and he just went for it like I I wish I don't know I wish I had a little bit of that in me like I just believed you know what I'll make a better president I'll just be it and then make it happen but That's that's the guy who went to jail and his wife was on the documentary right yes I mean he definitely served prison time Yes, he did. But I just remember that beautiful wife. She was so pretty. Okay, number three. They have a sense of entitlement. If you don't anticipate to meet their every need, then you're useless. And if you have the nerve to defy what they are asking of you, prepare for outrage and aggressiveness and cold shoulder and I'm not talking to you because you didn't turn your day around to please me. Number four. Number four. Number four. Do I sound signed? Do I sign so? Do I sound so aggressive right now? I'm so like angry today. You're like hyped up. It's okay. I mean, you you were talking about the cats and now you're talking about this, which is tell me number five. They exploit others without guilt or shame. Never develop the ability to identify with the feelings of others. They never even try to put themselves in other people's shoes. Yeah, they basically just fucking lack empathy. And they view other people in their lives as just objects to serve their needs. And um, they do not think twice about taking advantage of others. Boo. And if you try to point it out, they won't even get it. So like, don't, they just won't get it. And they'll probably come back with anger. Number six, they frequently demean, intimidate, and bully and belittle others. Whenever a narcissist feels threatened or um, they encounter someone who appears to have something they lack, like some like confidence or they're popular or they're like hotter anyone who is just better than them in any small way they immediately go into like defense mode and so they try to pop up their ego and like put other people's down other people down so they can make themselves in their minds basically seem better than this person who is better at whatever they are with them They'll attack you, they'll insult you, they'll bully you, and they'll try to force this person down in line because, you know, obviously they're better. Um, so, there you go. That is your six things to know that you're dealing with a narcissist. And I'm sorry if you are, because it actually really fucking sucks. Um, especially if you're like in a relationship with someone, like if you're married with someone. So I was looking at this website and 
this lady is telling a story. So she said, when I was married, we went and saw a movie Inception. We walked out of the theater and I said, you know, I didn't like it. And her husband flew into a rage. He said, what? Like, how could you not get that story? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And then she was so scared to even give her opinion on a movie. I could not live my life like that. No, that's like, that's like, I have have an anxiety disorder. It's debilitating at times, but like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And I recognize that I have been with partners with narcissistic tendencies, but not to that degree. Um, there are definitely times like even today where my anxiety gets in the way of like, oh my gosh, what am I saying something that can make them upset? And like, no, you're not because you should just do it for you. But there is that fear and it's, it's rough at times for sure. But I don't think currently I'm dealing with any level of narcissist that could make me debilitate like that. Cause that's crazy. You cannot disagree with them. You just can't. You can't have a difference in Mm-hmm. a movie opinion you can't have a difference in any any opinion whatsoever because their opinion is the only one that's right and it's the only one that matters and then mm-hmm. I will say in this film that we're in where we're actors dealing with someone who actually has narcissistic personality disorder in the acting world is absolutely fucking horrible they really do think that they're better than you and that you should just bow down to their will and do whatever they own this scene. They need to be the center of attention in this scene. And then you're just a player. And it's like. False. It's not how theater works. It's not how it works. So I have a list of some famous narcissists. Oh, tell me. Okay, let's talk about some of them. Number one, Jim Jones. Oh, fuck yes. He so, fucking talked for hours on hours. To his goddamn cult. Yes. Cult leaders. Cult leaders are narcissists. Period. The end. Charles um, and that guy from the love thing that you talked about. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. I don't remember his name, but yes. So here's some other ones. Um, okay. Donald Trump. Obby. Obby. <laughs> Kanye West. Obby. Obby. Um, Liberace, Obby, Obby, Simon Cowell, um, Marlon Brando, Picasso, mm-hmm. Elvis Presley, oh yes, Alec Baldwin, Alec Baldwin, oh but I'd still sit on his face, <laughs> Saddam Hussein, mm, yeah, yeah, Ike Turner. That's a good one. Yes, that's a great one. I love that. I don't love it because he fucking sucks, but I love that you said that. Eva Perone. Oh, yes. Evita. She has a goddamn musical after her. Also, Madonna is one, too. Have you heard this thing she's been saying about everything? Cuckoo Bananas. Um, I'll name two more. O.J. Simpson? Um, yes. And we all know that this one, well, of course, Hitler, Stalin, all those people. But Ted Bundy, obvious. But we're going to talk about someone you talked about for a second. We're going to talk about Pablo Picasso. Oh, snap. Pablo Picasso was a major narcissist. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to tell everyone, in case you don't know who Pablo Picasso was, he was a fucking artist. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm going to tell you a little bit about him, and I'm going to show Heather some amazing drawings Mm 
that I did <laughs> to depict his artwork. <laughs> this is so good. I cannot wait. Okay, so <clears throat> I have some reading to do first. Pablo Picasso, born October 25th, 1881, died April 4th, 8th, what? 1973. He was 91. So he lived a good 91 years of awesome life. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He did not die that long ago. Like the seventies, that was a good time. Okay. First things first, let's talk art. Okay. Picasso considered himself an artist of all sorts, you know, a jack of all trades, if you will. <laughs> he worked as a painter, sculptor, printmaker, ceramicist, and theater designer. I don't even know what the fuck a theater's like you design theaters. I don't like sets or something? Maybe like sets. I would personally I would love to see a set designed by Pablo Picasso, but I think he actually designed the theaters that the shows were in. I don't think he designed the sets, because then you would say set designer, right? Yeah. Um I did not look into what that meant. <laughs> um, beep boop bop. Then his work was categorized into several different periods. The blue period was from 1901 to 1904, so like three years of awesome work. He used Spain as a muse while painting in France. So he was not in Spain and he was like, I'm going to paint Spain from France, from my memory. Uh -huh. Um, and the main colors he used were blues and greens. It was very monotone and really sad, actually. Monochromatic blues and greens, they just convey, like, sadness and depression. Um, but, like, here, can you see my lovely drawing? <laughs> I know, I know this drawing. You know this drawing? Oh my gosh, guys, I'm an artist. Oh my god, I can't believe you drew that. I'm really impressed. Thank you. That's my worst one. <laughs> that was the old guitarist. Yeah. That's no. We like learned these paintings in Spanish class. In like ninth grade Spanish class. I believe it. I believe it. Okay, so that was his blue period. The rose period was from 1904 to 1906, so like two years. This period inspired much of modern art. So, like, he's an inspiration to modern art. Toot, toot. Toot his own horn. Um, he was living with bohemian writers and painters and poets at the time, and he was inspired by them. So he decided to make his paintings about harlequins and clowns and circus performers, and he used hues like reds and pinks and oranges to convey his tone. It was really a lot more cheerful than his last one. So this one actually looks kind of like the painting, but it also does not look like P Picasso's paintings. Um, this is called No A Manisere. I probably said that horribly wrong. I'm sorry if you speak French. But it's like a curvy lady just like holding her hands in front of her, you know, fupa <laughs> and just living her best life. <laughs> that is very good. Heather is here for my art. I love it. No, it looks like, like you can tell what the painting is from her drawing. <laughs> I'm going to die because that's the sweetest thing anyone's ever said about my really fast doodles. I'm, I didn't know this about you, that you could draw, so I'm impressed. My family is very talented artistically-wise. Like, my dad drew a lot, which you would not know, but he does. I love my dad. Dad, if you listen to my podcast, which I don't think you do, I love you. You're very artistic. <laughs> my sister draws amazing. She did our logo. Uh -huh. All my cousins are amazing artists. One of my cousin designs games for, um, like, casino games for actual, like, Vegas. So 
all of that cool art you see on the screen when you're like trying to get $200 or whatever, she does that art. It's amazing. My cousin Kelsey does really cool, cool, cool art. Um, my cousin Jenny, she draws, but she doesn't like to say she does. And Kat draws really well. They're all from the same family, Kat, Christina, and Jenny. And Kelsey's the one who does the really cool, like, modern art. Anyway, sorry, I'm going to go on a rant. I love my family. They're really amazing. <laughs> anyway, okay. So after the Rose period was the African influence period, some people call it the Black period or the Negro period. So okay. it's not very PC. Uh-huh. Um, but this is kind of where he got his, like, most relatively famous art style from. So he kind of, like, Elvis Presley, like, stole from Black people. Like, you know, yay. Love that. It's a great look. I fucking hate it. Sorry if you can't hear the sarcasm in my voice. This was from 1906 to 1909, so that was three years, a little bit longer than the last two. Um... So this is called, this one, I drew one more. This is my last picture for the night. This is New a la Cerveza. And it looks like that. <laughs> what is that thing? That's a person. This is when he started to get Picasso, you know? Yeah, I know. Like Picasso. I know. No, that's a really good painting. But I'm talking about the little thingling that looks like a, a pee-pee. That's not a peepee. That's a towel. I didn't have colors. If I had oh. colors, no, that was not a peepee. That was a towel. It does definitely look like a peepee. I'm going to put all of these on our Instagram because they're hilarious. Um, <laughs> after that period, he had analytic cubism and synthetic cubism. And then from that period on, like after 1919, he just bebops between all of the different styles. He basically invents cubism mm -hmm. and surrealism. So like Salvador Dali mm -hmm. and all of the cubist paintings that I totally know the names of, he influenced all of those artists. Um, so let's start narcissism. Let me say that again because that was horrible. I was so drunk when I said it. So let's start. Mm -mm, I can't <laughs> I can't say talk. Talk. Maybe real Southern with it. So let's talk narcissism. There we go. He invented all of these different artistic styles. And that's pretty amazing when you think about it. When you think about all the wonderful things he did, it's like, fuck yes, Picasso. But he never took a class in humble and it really shows especially with the women in his life so most of the stories that i have about him are about all of the women that lived in his life and his family members um and it's really sad because nobody deserves to be treated this way like the way he caused people to give up their self in order to serve him even into his 90s like he died at 91 and people still were like giving up themselves for him after he passed it's insanity boop, boop, bop. okay so this is one of his very famous quotes Actually, it's not because nobody wants you to know that Pablo Picasso is a horrible person. He said, God is really an artist like me. I am God. I am God. I am God. No. Who says that but Joel Olstein? you know? I'm just kidding. I don't think Joel Olstein says that, but I think he thinks it. And, oh my gosh. My cats are narcissists. They're trying to take over this podcast. I love it. Mine have definitely yeah. taken over the podcast before, so. Oh, yeah. 
I love episode two, guys. If you're starting now, go to episode two and just listen because it's named Maggie is a Bully and it's because Maggie literally takes over the podcast. Yep. <laughs> okay, so what does he do? Okay, so one of the articles I got information from was based on the statements of his granddaughter, Marina Picasso. She told the press um, that he was, like, super narcissistic and that her family really, um, they really suffered through the amount of narcissism that they put them through. She says that he drove some of them to develop really horrible habits and even some killed themselves because of these habits, like whether it was alcoholism, drugs, or just depression. And like, it's so sad that like depression is something that's developed from other people, but like, you know, some people have depression in them and it's just like, this is who I am. I'm depressed and I need to talk to someone and talk it out. But some people's depression is developed by others putting those narcissistic tendencies on the person mm-hmm. and it's really sad um and i'm gonna go to my notes here because here's an excerpt of what she said in her memoir picasso my grandfather no one in my family ever managed to escape from the strange hold of this genius um one of the things she said that i'm gonna paraphrase was that whenever he signed his name, it was with our blood, whether it be his granddaughter's blood, whether it be his wife's blood, his daughter or his son's blood. Whenever he signed his name to a painting, it was with our blood. So that, to me, because I didn't really go in depth, I really want to read her memoir, um, Picasso, My Grandfather, because it sounds really intriguing to me. But what that means to me is he used their life force, their vibrancy, their creativity to fuel his ego and to fuel his um, passion, really, like, and his fame. Um, Because there's no document that says, because I looked it up, because I was like, is she being metaphoric with this or is she being literal? Did he have a vial of blood that he would sign every painting with? He did not. (laughs) I had to look it up because I was like, this is very specific. No, he signed it like every painter signs it with ink. But to me, this statement says that he was using their life force and using their vibrancy because every single painting he did was inspired by the people in his life. Um, And he never acknowledged that or thanked people for that. Um, So after he died, Jacqueline Rock, Picasso's second wife, forbid a lot of his family from attending the funeral. So several of his children and former wives and um, former in-laws could not attend the funeral. And this made the family crazy. They could not believe that they could not mourn this genius, this amazing person who changed their lives for the better, but really for the worse, you know, like in their brain, they just couldn't imagine not going to his funeral, but he had been doing such manipulative torture to them for years that they didn't even realize like why they were so sad about it. Um, Boop, boop, bop. What did he do though? Like, do you know? So he um, would just... Excuse me. I'm going to get a little bit more into it and, like, kind of say a little more about, like, a a little more of his quotes, but I'm going to kind of tell you 
what his family did because there's not that many accounts of like what he specifically did. There's quotes that people said he said, but there's also like so many weird coincidences. Um, so here is some of the legacy that the artist left behind. This is me being sarcastic. It might not be very funny. Okay. So after his death, Pablito, Picasso's grandson, he drank a bull, a, Picasso's grandson drank a bottle of bleach and died. Then Paolo, Picasso's son, died of deadly alcoholism that stemmed from his depression of never living up to his father's name. And he was constantly reminded that by his father. Marie Teresa Walter, Picasso's younger lover between his first wife, Olga Kuklova, and his next mistress, Donna Marr, hanged herself. Eventually, Jacqueline Roch, who banned everyone from coming to Picasso's funeral, shot herself. Whoa. Yeah. Women are machines for suffering, Picasso told Francois Gelo, his mistress after Mar. After Mar started her love affair with Picasso, he was 61 at the time and she was 21. So a 40-year difference. Picasso warned... Um, sorry. Picasso warned Francois once more that his feelings were a little less than normal for men with younger lovers. He said, for me, there are only two kinds of women, goddesses and doormats. Marina saw her, God, her grandfather's testament of women as even a darker phenomenon a vital part in his creative process. She told in her memoir, he submitted them to his animal sexuality, tamed them, bewitched them, ingested them, and then crushed him onto his canvas. After he had spent many nights extracting their essence, once they were bled dry, he disposed of them. So he basically used women to become famous and um, didn't really give them any credit. Once you're done being a goddess, you're a doormat to him. That's horrible. It's so fucked up. And it really reflects on the artistic field, I think. Once they're done with what they can get away with using. Mm -hmm. They're done with you. Yeah. And it's really sad. And it doesn't matter how hard you work because if you're working with a narcissist, that's all there is. That's all she wrote. So Pablo Picasso is someone we learn about in grade school. I learned about Pablo Picasso when I was in maybe third grade. So that's nine years old. And I thought he was so cool. He's a shitty person. And there's a really big study about narcissism in the art and like in prices and marketing and the art market. And basically what they found was the bigger the narcissist, the more profitable the art is. And that's something that needs to change. You know, and I don't know how you change that, but because basically art is something that you have to self-promote. So I understand having a lot of narcissism in the art industry because you have to self-promote yourself, whether it's art, film, acting, singing, poetry, literature, um, any, any kind of medium where it's artistic and where the populace ingests us, you have to self-promote. And, you know, it's, it's difficult. It's hard to find that balance. 
of what's acceptable and what's not because obviously the way Picasso treated his subjects and the people he used to create art is not acceptable. Nope. But here we are still teaching him in third grade art class, you know? Yep. But that was number one on my narcissist list. Yeah. Sense of self-importance. They yep. are the star and everyone else is just the, a player in their, <laughs> on their stage, you know? Um, and that's what Picasso did to literally everyone else. Yeah. So that's my story. I'm tipsy. Yay. Yay. I made it. I made it to tipsy. All right, friends. We will see you next time. This was Brennan. And Heather. And this was The Drunk Brunch. Brunch. I love it.